91% of B2B customers are happy to help their vendors. And only 11% out of them will be asked by the vendors to help. Welcome to the Revenue Rebels podcast brought to you by Warmly. On this show, we cut straight through the fluff and dive deep into the specific tactics that B2B revenue leaders across sales and marketing are using to find success in today's environment. I'm your host, Alan Zhao. All right, guys, very excited about this one. We're here with Golan Raz, who is the co-founder and COO of Dito. Dito is an AI-driven growth enablement platform that leverages satisfied customers' experiences to help businesses close more deals faster. Companies like Walnut, Sales, Assembly, and Smart Sites use Dito to create more credibility and increase win rates. Golan, very nice to have you here today. It'd be great to start off with an introduction about yourself and how you got to where you are right now. Absolutely, Alan. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me. I am uh, a fourth-time founder. Uh, professionally speaking, I also had a nice ride of 10 years in a Fortune 500 company as a, as a head of division. Uh, and the last secret before we, before we jump in is that um, Dito is my first software um, startup. Prior to that, I was in biotech my entire career. So that's really interesting. You were in biotech before this. What made you decide to start a company like Dito? I, I felt that, uh, that, that I'm facing a problem in the go-to-market within this uh, Fortune 500 company I was a part of. When I start talking about it um, with colleagues and, and other people in my environment, I saw that that's a common issue. And this issue was how you actually trigger organic growth around a, a cup of me drinking tea and him drinking coffee. I heard that my co-founder, Iran, who was the, the GM of the Xerox um, software business, is experiencing the same struggle. And from there, just endless number of uh, rounds of me drinking tea and he's drinking coffee and the third co-founder joined us. It really came from real life. It's a really interesting story how you guys came together, not unlike our own story at Warmly. I was curious about this idea of customer advocacy. It's been around for a while, but it seems like you must have a, a very acute insight into something that needs to be added to the market. What do you think say that is? Customer advocacy um, is um, a B2B terminology that kinds of speak for um, the, the desire of organizations to have a few, a bunch of customers that speak well about them. Um, and and as, as a result, the practice in advocacy focuses mainly on the organization itself. So how the organization manages the advocates, how the organization is... Um, is uh, differentiating between uh, who is a good advocate or a good reference and who isn't. And, uh, and, and if, you, if we segue away for a second to, to the technology that was available prior to Dito, it's all about the dashboards that tells the organization how to run their advocacy and referencing program. Um, what we have realized that it's all about um, the advocates, not the business. So if you want to have more advocates and if you want to have uh, um, more of their time, more of their willingness, uh, if you want the, the rumor about you to spread fast, um, they need to be the primary heart um, of your technology. So what Dito does, it's essentially focusing on your customer. So while it gives you a nice dashboard, the, the, the heart of the product, the heart of the philosophy behind the product 
is make it simple for your customer to help you because they are willing to help you. And if you will give them a simple way to do it, so they will do it. They will help you and you will grow much faster. What seems to be the biggest pain that's blocking advocates from helping? So first, yeah, it's a good question. First, I want to say that there is one of the things that really triggered my mind a couple of years back was an article from, from Gartner, a study from Gartner that said, and I'm not sure I'm quoting the exact number, whether it's 91% or 93%, but that's the range. That let's say 91% of B2B customers are happy to help their vendors. And only 11% out of them will be asked by the vendors um, to help. So imagine what's the delta between the 91% that are happy to help and the only 11% that are being asked to do so. Why is it so? So that triggered... That trigger my mind. So the first thing that I would say uh, that is that there are many more users and customers that are happy to help you grow than you imagine in your wildest thoughts. Many more. And wh- whether you do it um, manually or whether you do it with a technological support, um, the experience that they are looking for in order to help you and this is the, the, the primary blocker, is a very simple way to do it. It should take them literally minutes to do anything you ask from them, should take less than minutes, um, and it should be also somewhat reward, rewarding for them. So the number one blocker is that companies aren't asking enough from their customers to help. That's what Gartner discovered. That's nothing to do with me. The secondary blocker is that when they ask, when companies are asking their customers to help to become advocates, to become ambassadors, to become references, they're doing it in a way that is exhausting their customers. Um, and, and, and it's disconnected completely, if I may say, from the era that we live in. Yeah, it's so easy to create content on social media. But why does it take months to do anything for a B2B SaaS company? What is the missed opportunity for not partaking in utilizing your customers? If your customer and multiple users from the customer's organization are telling again and again their their success story about you and sharing it with the world, what is the chance that they won't renew their subscription or their service agreement when it comes to the renewal date? So... So it's your number one interest is that 100% of your customer uh, base will tell your success story, not not just because it will help you land new logos, but also and essentially first and foremost, because it will reduce your churn. So that's the first component. The second component um, is that by engaging your customers in, in telling your story, and this is essentially what advocacy and referencing is all about, um, you are adding substantial credibility to your um, brand, right? Um, no matter how much you you love your brand as a founder or, uh, or or as a leader or as an executive, no matter how many times you will pitch as a marketing team, uh, you will pitch the world about how amazing your product or service is, you are being perceived uh, as not, not trustworthy. Because you have an interest, you want to grow your business. While your customer, he is 
the most trustworthy source of information about you. One thing that you will get immediately is that you will uh, reduce your churn. The second thing that you will get immediately is that you will boost your organic growth and as, as a secondary natural outcome also will reduce your cost of acquisition. You had some opinions on this. Something has driven us away from organic growth and it's, it's cost of acquisition. Can we talk about that a little bit? Uh, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating point, what's going on, in, 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 especially in the tech space, in, with, with, with the cost of acquisition. So first, data shows that over the last five years, B2B tech cost of acquisition went up 60%. Now, you know, 60%, we hear it, it's just a number, but this is dramatic because um, this is saying that the price of the product or the service needs to go up every single year in order to battle this increase in the cost of acquisition. The way I analyze it is that um, up until two years ago, we had a really comfortable decade as far as access to finance, right? Company were able to, to, to raise fund um, way and beyond anything in the past. And as a result of that, and the need to perform fast, um, go-to-market approach started to lean more and more on paid media and, and paid acquisition. And the reason, which I completely understand, is that there is a sense that when you are paying LinkedIn, for example, for your ads, you have the control. So you put in $100,000 a month and you know what you get uh, at the other end and you are improving the, the handovers and the conversions and you feel that you have control. Um, what, you, what you are not necessarily feeling is how you are driving your cost of acquisition up so to your, in, in my mind, what happened in the last 10 years is companies lost the skill of organic growth. They were just getting more funds, being driven uh, and asked to grow faster. Um, and naturally, they having the money to spend and the pressure to grow, um, profit and, 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 and balance sheet aside, um, they just went for the easier um, solution, which is the paid media. The paid media channels, which are in the tech space, mainly Google and LinkedIn, understood it. They are also a business. And when there is demand, the price goes up. And uh, that's how we ended where we are today. And I don't think uh, there is anyone that uh, predicted the cost of acquisition, if it's based on paid media, is going to go down in 2024 or 2025 and onward. That's going to go up. At least, at least this is how it looks like. It's like wringing water from a rock. And a more expensive rock that gets more and more expensive by the day. What I found really interesting from my own experience with growth enablement, organic growth, customer advocacy is that, like you said, it is way more credible to have someone who is your peer speak positively about this product than a salesperson who may never have actually used the product to begin with and then also has their own agenda about reaching quota. And so it's a really powerful lever. It's organic. People want to help. What can companies today due to Institute of Customer Advocacy Program? Yeah, so um, so first realize um, that customer advocacy, uh, referencing and social proof isn't a nice thing to have. This is a part of the foundation. And I think that that decision will help a company um, kick off their, their advocacy program and, and lay the foundation to be successful with it. When successful, when saying successful, I mean, that it improves their win rate, it improves deals velocity, it improves top of the funnel performance, 
that's what your customers should and can do for you. Okay, they can really touch your essentials. Um, and so first, take a firm decision that they understand that for the future of their business, to build a healthy business, speaking about wellness, they want to invest in um, a solid engagement with their customers uh, and build the relevant processes to do that. So that's the first thing, the decision to do it in, in with commitment and in a serious way. The second thing is not to be shy to ask their customers. So to remove the filters, I'll give you just an example. In most companies, um, there is someone in marketing who is uh, in charge on uh, um, either um, customer marketing, uh, advocacy, social proof, referencing. And when because that marketing is not the owner of the customer, they will reach out to the success team uh, to find for them potential candidates to become advocates, right? That's that's an, because marketing doesn't have ownership on the customer. Success is being asked to find the candidates. Success job is, is in conflict with the marketing. Their job is to protect the customer. And if we go back to the beginning of our conversation, because the processes are very demanding, the processes of creating an advocacy program are demanding on are laying uh, um, substantial demand from the from the customer, so su success is protect protective when it comes to the customer. So the third thing that companies can do, the first one being take a decision to do it seriously, the second one being remove the filter, and the third should be to make it as simple as possible for their customers to help them. It should be exactly as simple as posting a story on Instagram. By the way, I have a question for you. Uh, if if you were if you were an Instagram user, and if you would it it would have taken you three hours to post one story, how many stories you believe you would you would have posted? What would happen to Instagram? It'd go to zero. It wouldn't be a company. So now imagine in B two B posting a story take weeks. A case study is just a story. A video testimonial is just a story. So if so, so what what you, what a company that wants to succeed with their organic growth, the way they should think is if it's more complicated than Instagram, if it's more complicated than TikTok, if it's more complicated than LinkedIn, we are probably doing something wrong, and therefore we will get very limited success. Absent Dito, what are some maybe actionable things that they can simplify the process for getting their customers to help them out? The, the, that's a great question. The first thing that um, I recommend from, from the experience I've gained over the last few years to do is not to look for um, a pixel-perfect um, social proof piece because social proof, it's social proof. It's not a company's collateral. So as an example, when you are sending a video crew to create a, a testimonial from your customer, you end up with a commercial for the Super Bowl. Um, and then when you are starting to use it, the credibility it gets is not sufficiently high because everyone can feel that it's like a commercial. So the first thing that they can do is they can uh, find a way to make their uh, social proof um, content generation feel authentic by allowing the customer to do it their way. If it's a case study, if it's a video, if it's a review, 
right? Um, the fact that marketing teams see, see their job in doing it for the customer is essentially um, kind of dismissing the power, the energetic power that exists in social proof and advocacy. Okay, they, they lose in, a, in in an essence the the, the genuinity of the, the product. So um, that will be the recommendation. Find a way to let your customer tell their story again. To be as simple as anything that happens in one of the social channels, and at the same time allow them to do their own thing instead of you doing it for them and asking them to sign their name on it. Very well said. Golan, it's been a pleasure, honestly. Learn a lot about customer advocacy. How can people find you? If someone is interested in what we do uh, from a tech perspective on the advocacy side, they can visit our website, dito.ai. And me personally, simply reach out on LinkedIn. I'm very accessible. Thank you very much, Golan. Hope you have a great rest of the day and thanks for coming on. Likewise, thank you so much for having me on.